Hey guys, um, today is Tess Adar, um, it's Sunday, but I'm gonna go back in time for a bit to Shabbos Tanya, which was yesterday's Tanya, um, Perik Chavchas, um, which was the entirety of Perik Chavchas, um, and I'm doing that because I can't just let Perik Chavchas pass by without, you know, leaning into this, it's just, it's, it's intensely gorgeous and intensely powerful, oh my gosh! That's cool. I didn't even think of that. That Perichavches is literally the power of Tanya, the koach of Tanya. Um, and I really see it that way. It is one of the chapters of Tanya that encapsulate so much of what we're talking about in, in the most succinct, beautiful, powerful way. And so let's, we're going to lean in, even though it isn't today's Tanya. Um, and then, God willing, all week we're going to be exploring um, Perichavches, which is a whole new conversation. Um, so Perichavches is all about this question that somebody's coming to the Alter Rebbe or, you know, all of us are coming to our higher selves really, you know, if we start having this question is already powerful. So it's really the Alter Rebbe is like letting us know that we can have this question, even if we don't um, naturally have this question. Um, I don't know if that made any sense. But anyways, the question of Chavches is what happens when my Sitra Achra thoughts, and in this context of the past few chapters of Tanya, we know that Sitra Achra thoughts are not only thoughts that say, oh, go do an Avera. They're that too, but Sitra Achra thoughts are much deeper. Sitra Achra thoughts is any thought that's taking you away from the present and telling you that this moment is meant to be something other than the present. So like all those thoughts that we've just been talking about for the past few chapters of your external environment should be different than it is. Your mistakes, you should not have done the mistakes that you did. Your internal environment should be different than it is. Why are you still struggling with this stuff, right? Like all of those things that lead to atzvus, those are all sitra thoughts. Why? Because they're taking you away from the present moment and the thought of it is that this moment is not the right moment. This moment is not a perfect time, perfect place, perfect person. Like God is not here. It's a ru'ah, it's a fragmented moment. That's the sitra and we've been basically talking about for the past few chapters how to approach that those sitrach or thoughts when they come up and how the answer is actually simcha. You know, simcha isn't only the product of having eskafia of those thoughts. Simcha is the means through which we have the eskafia. Why? Because what is simcha? Simcha really is the awareness of enar movade, of I am the perfect person in the perfect time in the perfect place. And Hashem is literally here right now inside of me, inside of this moment. And no, it's not a random experience that I'm having. My struggle is not a random experience. This this thing that happened is not a random experience. This thing that's happening in my external world is not a random experience. Like Simcha is, the, like we've been kind of bringing about for a while, like the dancing of Simcha is the result of the Simcha, not the cause of the Simcha. The, what Simcha is, is the awareness of this is Mamish Hashem. Um, and that is the rebuttal to the Sitra Achra experience of this moment is not Hashem. So you should be down. You should be sad. You should you know, go just, whatever, ah, you know, you know, and the Simcha says, actually, you are a divine, in divine alignment right now, and from that place, we end up coming to those Sitra thoughts and saying, hey, you know, let's think about this in, in set times, let me, once I make that differentiation from you of you are not who I am, I am somebody who believes in Eden Mavade, you are a part of me coming to me to actually raise me higher into that awareness, at set times, I can come back to you and, you know, for bring with you and, and help you also start to see this message. But I can only come back to you once I make the differentiation from you, which is what we've been talking about for the past few chapters. Today, um, and then we were talking also, okay, we, you could go back to the other recordings if you want to see the rest because I'm not going to do too much of an introduction because 
trying to do a whole chapter right now. Um, but in today's Tanya, in, in Perk Chavches' Tanya, in, in Perk Chavches, in this power of Tanya, Kayach of Tanya, Alter asks a little bit of a different question. Until now, he's been saying, well, what happens if these thoughts come up while you're at work or just at a random time in the day? But now Alter was asking something much deeper. He's saying, what if they come up during davening and during Torah learning, during my divine service? Now, why is that such a deep question? Because when you're davening and when you're learning Torah, essentially what, what that's equal, equaling, what, it, what, is, what are you essentially doing when you're da- davening and learning Torah? You're essentially being in your higher self. Ideal, ideally, when you're le- learning, when you're davening, yourself, your godly soul is activated. You are in your higher state of being. And Altar is saying, what if even then your animal soul starts talking? What if even then your sitra akhra starts talking, saying, you loser, you should be doing different, you should have done different, you should be sad, blah, 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 and you should go do an avar, you're not even connected, da, 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 whatever, all that stuff, fun stuff. You know, fill in the blanks. Um, what if even then it happens? And the reason why that's such a deep question is because really what Alter was asking is he's like, maybe this person could not be thinking, this isn't who I am. You know, like if my animal soul comes up during the workday, then okay, fine. Like, okay. But if my animal soul is coming up when I'm meant to be fully occupied with my godly soul, with my higher version of self, then what's actually happening? And, and it's actually, I'm noticing for myself that it's hard for me to even talk about the question when I already know the answer because I'm giving the answer in the question. But if I didn't know the answer, what, then what the question would sound like is in moments where I am aligned with my godly self, with my true self, how, how could that be true if I still have voices in me that are saying, that, that are saying otherwise? And as we know, that what chapter 28, the answer is going to be in just a deep, powerful way is that I do have two souls. I have two souls. And the fact that there's a part of me saying one thing does not mean that I'm that I'm the totality of that thing. It means that there's a part of me saying that thing, you know? And leaning into that is really what well, uh, powerful. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's try going inside. Um, okay. Even if these taivas ilam haza, these these foreign thoughts, the thoughts that say that you're a foreigner from God, essentially, that you need to go get something that's outside of either halacha, meaning we were talking about this before, like halacha is, keeping halacha is saying that I have everything Hashem wants me to have. I don't need something that is not mine. That's the godly soul's awareness. When I want something outside of halacha, I'm literally saying like, I need something other than what's meant for me because I am alone in life because i'm a fragmented being that needs to be filled with external stuff in order to be okay this is specifically when these thoughts and and imaginings come in the middle of davening with kavana or or learning Torah. what is the answer when these thoughts come up during davening meaning at this time when this person is trying to be in their most highest self they're trying to align themselves with their godly truth instead of just all the other aspects of them and still the animal soul is saying hi i'm here i'm here i'm here what is the answer to literally ignore them and to pay them no attention now ah trigger warning right that's not what we usually talk about so what we're noticing though is that there's a difference here that we're we're Doing in this chapter, the author is literally teaching us the practice of mindfulness, the practice of taking time in your day 
to notice that you can be somebody who can then later show up for your parts. And that in that time, when you are learning to be that that person that can then later show up for your parts, you have to take yourself seriously. Like, it's like how, like, I've heard people say, like, who am I to, like, practice mindfulness? Like, there's too much going on in my day. Like, I have too much to do. I can't take 10 minutes to, to have meditation. And it's like, no, it's like that story. I was planning on saying this at the end, but I'll just say it now. Like, that story of, like, the mother who kind of, like, was overwhelmed with her kids and then she like ended up like putting herself in her room and like her kids were knocking her door like what are you doing in there what are you doing in there and she's like she says back I'm making for you guys a mother and like that's what we're saying here that when we're davening and when we're learning meaning when we're trying to tap into this higher self place inside of us that the purpose of being in that higher space is actually that to then come back into the tachtainim and make the tachtainim into the deer like that's the purpose the whole time but in order to do that avaida we have to first tap into our higher selves and to do that we have to be able to have that differentiation of no my animal soul is not my higher voice it is something that my higher voice can hold but it's very different and and we're not ig- ignoring the child in that moment is like not it's not mean it's actually giving it what it actually needs which is the mother it's okay we're gonna keep talking about it you should not be so foolish as to engage in the sublimation of the Midas. As is known, So at Sadiq, when an animal soul voice comes up during their divine service, which doesn't actually happen, they only have to work with other people's animal souls, but they're constantly in the state of godly soul, and so they're constantly able to deal with another person's animal soul. We are not always able to deal with our animal souls. Why? Because when I am triggered by my animal soul, I cannot work with my animal soul. Then I'm just animal dealing with animal. If when I have my animal soul rising up inside of me and I'm not a state of tzaddik, how could I, if I'm now in my animal soul because that's what I'm experiencing, how am I meant to engage with it and reveal that it who it actually is if i'm bound by it it's like picking yourself up by your ears right and literally that's we've been saying this whole time but animal soul can't rise up animal soul and alter was introducing this whole chapter with this concept because he's trying to lay the groundwork for us understanding that in order for us to rise our animal souls we have to be familiar with our godly souls we have to be rooted in our godly souls. And that happens through davening and through learning Torah and through being in that higher state of consciousness. And when we're doing that practice, the answer is not to constantly check back in with our animal soul. Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable? Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? No. It's through actually making that boundary and saying, you are going to keep showing up. And yet, even as you keep showing up, you are not who I am. You're not who I am. It's extremely profound. It's like, Okay, so let's just, we're going to, let's keep going. Nevertheless, this is not a reason to be sad. AKA, you aren't doing something wrong by not being able to be fully healed at every moment. You're not doing something wrong by not being able to constantly be on that state of tzaddik where every single part of you is actually being part of the bigger picture in every single moment. 
having that time where you can actually separate from your animal soul consciousness is actually part of the process of our lives. On the contrary, this person should draw fresh strength and intensify determination with all his power, to with concentration, with even greater joy and, and gladness. When, when he realizes, when what do we realize? When you realize that, this thought that has just come up is actually coming from your animal soul within the left part of your heart, and it is not the totality of who I am. It is well known that it is the way of combatants, who, and similarly of wrestlers, that when one is gaining the upper hand, the other likewise exerts himself with all the resources of his strength in order to prevail. So this is we've known about this muscle since we were kids that when there's wrestlers, right, when one is kind of rising up, the other one will say, ah, I'm here too. I'm going to put you even more down. And then it's like kind of like that ebb and flow, push and pull. But noticing that what's the underlying message of this muscle is that there's two people wrestling. And that's really what the theme of, of this chapter of the altar is trying to ingrain into us, that when we're in that state of trying to get into our higher selves and trying to activate that mindful state of like, wow, what does my godly soul feel right now? What is my godly like trying to activate our godly souls inside of us? The fact that our animal soul is going to try rising up against us is not because our godly soul isn't real. <laughs> it's because we actually do have something in us called an animal soul. Meaning the fact that the animal soul is rising isn't because we're not doing things right. It's because I actually have two souls. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to continue saying, but that is the deeper message of this muscle. That's why when the divine soul exerts itself and musters all its strength in prayer, the godly soul is getting to this point of, I want to be king. I want Hashem to be king. The klipa too will gather strength to counter it, to confuse it and topple the divine soul by means of a foreign thought of its own, right? No, there's other things to think about, other things to worry about. You ha- you don't just believe in Hashem, you have to control that. Don't just think, right? It's going to send any sitrach or thought that it can think of in order to is- assert its own dominance. Um, literally, just I wrote here, like it's like in therapy, the darkness always matches the light you know like you think you got somewhere and then suddenly it's like eh. <laughs> but the mistake that somebody makes in that moment is not leaning into the darkness well depends when but like the mistake that you make is not when you kind of like feel bad for yourself that the darkness is there the mistake no contrary the mistake that somebody makes in that moment is thinking that the fact that the more that i heal the harder it gets sometimes in that process the mistake is that Thinking that means that I'm not actually getting anywhere. Meaning, when I think that if I was getting somewhere, it would stop getting, it would stop being hard. That's the mistake that Altair is addressing right now. And he's telling us that it's not, it's on the contrary. For a Bainani, for a Tzaddik, it's a different picture. But for a Bainani, the more in line that you are with your godly soul, the more effort you put into your godly soul rising, the more your animal soul is going <laughs> to is gonna stand up for itself and that's just because that's how hashem creates us that's 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 our this is our divine work you know so it's almost like in moments where that happens can we find a space inside of us that can say ah yeah like this is the power of my life this is not actually the enemy here you know 
not to be confused with what Dalter is teaching us right now, which is that when I am in the moments of practicing engaging from a place of my animal, from my godly soul into my animal soul, meaning I'm davening, I'm learning tire, I'm meditating, I'm literally in a moment of finding my higher self. In those moments, yeah, I push away my animal soul. Why? Because I know that the entire purpose of my life is actually to come back to my animal soul. And I know that the only way I can do that is if I am rooted in my godly soul. So it's this balance of like making for my making for yourself a mother. Like this balance of like finding the space inside of you that is so rooted in your godly soul so that you can come back to your animal soul. But to do that, you actually have to have that differentiation. And to know that it's it's not who I am, even though it keeps showing up. It's something that is a part of me that I get to work with. But like Katao Sa'ilam, this refutes a common error. The Ailam, the concealment of the world, thinks something. What do they think? This is like IFS textbook, literally. When a foreign thought occurs to some people during davening, they mistakenly conclude that their prayer is worthless. If I was davening properly, I wouldn't have machshavazaris. In other words, if I was actually connected, if it was true that I am a divine being in a divine world, that I am connected, I'm the right person at the right place at the right time, that I actually have this awareness of the bigger picture, that I have this mech and the godless inside of me, that I I'm actually this divine breath of Hashem in this world. If that was true, my animal soul wouldn't be talking. Well, no, that's even the answer already. If it was true, then I wouldn't still have these thoughts. How could it be true? How could it be true that I'm a divine being in a divine world if I constantly have thoughts that tell me otherwise? Just last night, I'm I'm here with my nieces and nephews, and just last night, I noticed that one of my nieces has been saying a lot that like she doesn't think she's pretty in this way and doesn't think she's pretty in that way she's like a young kid and i was talking to her about it and i was basically just bringing up the conversation of like is everything that we think about ourselves true like you know if i tell you a thousand times right now that two plus two is five and i'm sure 100 sure that's true and i'm trying to convince you i'm trying to convince you and we ended up coming to the point in this conversation of like you would realize that the other person would realize that I believe that, but it wouldn't become the truth just because I believe that, right? And yet here the altar was saying that this person is coming to the altar Rebbe and saying, literally, the fact that I don't think I'm pretty means that that must be the truth. The fact that I, even while I'm trying to access my state of higher self of godliness, a higher state of connectivity, higher state of, you know, the fact that even then I have voices that say, this isn't true, it must be that those voices are real. It must be that the fact that I sometimes don't feel pretty means that I'm actually not pretty. It must be that the fact that I think that two plus two is five means that two plus two is five. And yet, the truth is, it would be true if if this person only had one soul. And this one soul was the one that was davening, was the one that was noticing its own divine alignment, was the one that was noticing its own essential wholeness and worthiness, and was also the one giving the foreign thought, was also was the same being that was sure and unsure of its essential place in Hashem's world, <laughs> its essential connectivity. But it's not true. But in fact... There are two souls that are waging war, that are in this constant conflict, constant battle with each other in the mind of a person. And we know that the animal soul comes to the mind from the heart, the godly soul comes to the mind from above. 
And this is the reality that I'm not made of one. I have parts. Ha <laughs> fun, fun. <laughs> it's literally, it's just, it's, it changes everything. When I can know that the voices coming up inside of me that say, sit your akhra, that say, you are otherness, you know, because I just want to notice here that the struggle of the animal soul is much deeper that, than, much, than just doing an avera. It's that too. But it's also really, it's any moment in my life that I'm seeing myself as anything other than the unity and light and breath of Hashem. And what Alter is teaching us is that that perception that I have often, you know, it's not all of me. It is a part of me. It is, my, it is my animal soul within me and it is a part of me and it's something that I have to address for the rest of my life because that's my divine purpose of being alive. But it's not the fullness of who I am. And the fact that even when I'm tapping into my truest self, which is my identity, which is the which is the fact of Hashem telling me who I am, that's my identity. And the fact that even when I'm doing my best to tap into my real identity, which is my godly soul, because that's what Hashem says is my real identity. The fact that even when I'm trying my best to tap into that, still the animal soul comes up. That doesn't mean that the animal soul is who I am. The trauma is not who I am. The negative self-talk is not who I am. The fear is not who I am. It is always going to be a part of me. It is always going to be a part of me. <laughs> that's a good sentence. Like we said twice, that it will always be a part of me and it will always be a part of me and that's okay. Even though it will always be a part of me, it will still always be a part of me. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> okay, so each of them wishes and desire to rule and pervade the mind exclusively. All thoughts of Tara and fear of Hashem, fear of Hashem meaning the connectivity of life that I see myself. Tara is I see myself as part of the one story of life, just like Avram, Rivka, Rachel, Sarah, just like every person of Tara, I, my, I too am part of the unity. I too am not just a random person in a random time, but my exact experience of life, external and internal, is one with the entire purpose of life. Yeras Shemayim is literally, I see myself as one with God right now, right? Hashem Nitzav Allah, Hashem is standing right here in me, around me. That's my godly soul's awareness. All the concealment stuff, that's my animal soul. Like, bro, <laughs> random person in random time. This is something to be sad about. This is something to try to walk away from really quickly and, you know, hide from. And, you know, <clears throat> that's animal soul. You have to get over this in order to feel alive. You have to get over this in order to be happy. You have to go get that external stimulus in order to feel like you have what you need. You have to break halacha in order to feel like your needs are being met. That's all animal souls, all mutts. It's concealment. Rak shalai kiss, melubesh espa. Wait. Why should the exchange soul enter? Oh, because in the moment where my animal soul is talking, I can't always hear my godly soul because my godly soul is actually enclosed within my animal soul. This is in IFS world, the concept of exiles, that sometimes our godly soul is literally exiled and held captive within our animal soul. Yet even then, our animal soul is not who I am. It's just covering over my godly soul. And the, the work that we're talking about is can I get to a point where I have access to my godly soul enough that I can actually make the differentiation between me and my animal soul which will allow my godly soul to be redeemed from my animal soul. So that's the process that we're talking about here. That was a lot of words. 
This is, to use an example, like a person who is praying with devotion while facing him, there stands a wicked heathen <laughs> who chats and speaks to him in order to confuse him. In order to confuse him. So now Altair is using a mushal for this whole thing that's going on <clears throat> with literally a physical example of I'm, try- I'm standing here trying to daven and now this external from me, this literal separate being <laughs> comes and stands in front of me and the entire purpose of why that person is standing in front of me is to try to confuse me from my davening, is to try to take me away from what I'm trying to accomplish right now, which is connectivity with Hashem. This is the best advice in this case. The best advice in this case would be not to answer him good nor evil, not good or bad. Um, so meaning not to say, oh, I identify with you or I don't identify with you, not even to engage at all. Literally to pretend they don't even hear him. To comply with the verse, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you too become like them. This is in this analogy. When a person is praying, he should answer nothing at all, nor should he engage in an argument against this foreign thought. Because he who wrestles with a dirty person will also become dirty. So what are we noticing here? What is this example? I'll be honest, until I have journey, until I did this journey with Tanya, I don't think I would have been able to understand this because I would have been too triggered by like, what? We're ignoring something? Like, what? But what the author is saying something is so deep. It's really the author is t- telling us, we already know that the purpose is not to ignore the Sitra Akhra. We, literally, like, that is like the theme of Chassidus again and again and again, that our, our job is to work with the Tachtainim. And yet what the Altarbe is teaching us in this chapter is do not get confused between working with the Tachtainim and being the Tachtainim. You are not the Tachtainim. <laughs> you are not the trauma. You are not the negative self-talk. You are not the scarcity mindset. You are not the fear. You are not the laziness. You are not the need, the desire to break the halacha. That's not you. You are the one davening. You are the one, and not only davening, physically davening, davening meaning you are the one in that essential state of connectivity with God. You are the one who has an essential wealth of abundance pouring outside of your heart right now, who is literally like in love with life. Like that's you. And when you're tapped into that state, and yet still the the animal soul will come and say, but that's not actually who you are. You really are. Ah, 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 no. No, for these 15 minutes of davening, I am choosing to tap into this place where I, where I can be re-strengthening myself to really feel that, this, that those animal soul voices are not who I am. There's something that I'm working with, not something that I am. And it's what, what that process allows me to do, that distance, that differentiation allows me then to actually come back and work with the animal soul. But to do that, I first have to be the mother. I first have to be the godly soul. And that's that's what's happening here. Okay, <laughs> rock. So, anyways, this it's not it's not ignoring. It's it is ignoring, but it's not ignoring because you're worth being ignored. It's almost like I'm trusting. It's like that mother that's taking time for themselves. They're doing it because they're a mother, not like Malchus. It's it's fascinating. Like once a woman that's a mother will always be mother right? Even when they're doing all the other things, they're still only mother. (laughs) And like, 
that's what's happening here too godly soul sorry one second godly soul will never become somebody that does not want to engage with animal soul it's never going to happen godly soul is hashem hashem never want never will be somebody that is saying that's a part of the world that i don't want to engage with it doesn't happen other than shalash clips of Timaeus, which in that case we're not not engaging we're saying that i engage with you through not engaging you know what i mean but we're never there's nothing to ignore yet in order to be somebody who can be fully present with the fullness of our lives including all the triggers including all the fears including all the that i need this I, da, 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 all of that i first have to I have to take the time in my day to daven. <laughs> I have to take the time in my day to strengthen the core of who I am, which is my godly soul. And to strengthen the awareness that I have, which is that when my animal soul comes up inside of me, it is not me. It will always be a part of me. And it's crazy like how much, I, I just will tell you like in my own life, like how much I resonate with this in the sense of that since really like resonating with parts work, <laughs> like with the idea is that when parts come up inside of me, like it's become much faster now. Like it used to be like, oh, it took it like would take time, but then I'd be like, oh wait, that's a part of me, not me. Like I hear this part of me talking, not I am overwhelmed by this because this is all that exists right now. But Mama, when we do this work, we become free. It's literally freedom because when now when my animal soul comes up, and it's obviously not all the time, it's a journey and it's a process, but more very often when my animal soul rises up, I'm like, hi. <laughs> you know instead of like ah this is now now i have a new identity (laughs) like no my identity is always my center of wholeness my center of love my center of abundance my center of divine connectivity my center of simcha i am the perfect person at the perfect time if there is something that's antithetical to that it's it's a part of me it's my animal soul within me it is not me (laughs) and because of that i can engage with it and choose how i interact you know but not it, it never becomes me. My, my identity is not up for sale. My crown is not up for sale. And the question is, can we notice that we can even be wearing our crown when our animal soul is rising? Meaning that when my animal soul is rising, I don't stop wearing my crown. My crown can hold my animal soul too. So in moments of davening and in tefillah and in, and in learning Torah, in moments where we're doing this mindfulness work of activating our godly soul, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're, we're doing in those moments is finding the space inside of us that can live through the lens of the differentiation and to do that we have to put our foot down sometimes and say yeah i'm gonna ignore you right now not because i believe you're worth being ignored but because to actually give you what you need i have to be somebody who's grounded in who i actually am which is somebody who does not identify with you but is somebody who can love you and nurture you and and tend to you in all the ways that you actually need literally it's crazy. Okay. That it's all oneness. It's all shalim. But that we have to, to get there, we have to realize that the R is formed and the darkness is created. That the darkness is something that's new. The darkness was born, is, is something inside of the world. It is not the true formation of the world. It's something for me, not, not me. Therefore, he should pretend not to know nor hear the foreign thoughts that occur to him, but he should dismiss them from his mind and strengthen still more the power of his concentration. Not because I desire to ignore you forever, but because because what I'm doing for you right now is making you a mother, because I am making for you a godly soul that can, I'm, I'm 
rooting myself in my godly soul, which really only desires to hold you, I'm going to take this time of davening and strengthen that Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Hashem, I'm going to close my eyes to the world. I'm going to close my eyes to all of the voices in me that say, but this and but that and but this and but that, but fear and but this and that. No, there's a space in, inside of me that's aligned. And it's not only a space inside of me, it is my true center. It's my true, it's, it's the part, it's the space in me that when I feel it, my toes tingle and my hands tingle because it's a full body experience because it is actually who I am. From that place, I close my eyes. I, I'm not, ah, this is actually who I am. And from that place, now I open my eyes and I say, Now I want to deal with Hashem's kingdom. Now I want to be present in, in life and in what is actually coming up. But yes, I will first take the mindfulness time. I will first take time. Why? Why am I allowed to do this? Why is this important for me to do? Because I have two souls. Because the animal soul is not the totality of who I am. It is something here for me, for me to engage with. And in order for me to engage with it, I have to, be in my center of self, which is my godly soul. If, however, this is the last part of chapter 28, if he finds it difficult, I am trying my gosh darn bestest, and yet it is difficult. I can't seem to distract my mind from these thoughts. They really feel like it's who I am. I really can't let go of them. It's like they're just clinging on to me, not giving me any space to breathe. To breathe, meaning to align myself with my godly self instead of them. This person should let his heart supplicate before God. I should literally fall before Hashem. For Hashem to have compassion on him, on me. Like a father to his child. That come from his brain, come from his mind. Just that we should have ask Hashem to be compassionate on us that we derive from Hashem. To rescue us from this these turbulent waters, and that Hashem should do it for not only for us but for His own sake. Why? Because we are one with Him. And essentially, noticing what we're saying here is that we're not asking Hashem to do something different than the avodah that we're talking about. What we're saying is that this avodah that we're doing is Hashem. What I'm trying to do is to feel one with you. What I'm trying to do is to align myself with who you are, with my godly center, which is you. Please help me with that. Please help me with that. Let me, let me realize that I am actually you. You are the one that can help me with that because we're talking. This, this is what we are. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like we're not saying, Hashem, help me go be somebody else. Hashem, Hashem help me be one with you. Like... And, and that's what Hashem wants for us too. So I think that the moment that we feel, it's actually, I'm realizing, I'm actually just realizing this now, not even when I prepared for this, but I think that when we have the ability to ask Hashem for this, it actually is what gives us it. Because in asking Hashem, Hashem have mercy on me like a father for his child, what I'm saying is that I am your child. Whoa, I have chills. <laughs> that's what we're saying. We're saying, Hashem, I'm having a hard time realizing right now that I am not my animal soul, but that I am actually one with you, please help me with that. And in that in that supplication, I'm actually realizing it. I'm actually leaning into realizing that, yes, it's hard for me to be aware of this, but this is actually true. So Hashem, help me. Hashem, I am so one with you. You're the one who can give this to me because I am literally inside of you. Ah, whoa. That's what I was waiting to realize this whole time. That's what I've been trying to... to be mindful about this entire time, which is that I'm not my animal soul. I am my godly center. My animal soul is part of me. So, l'chaim v'lebracha. 
Ha <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. It's it's so much. It's so much. It's also I, I my whole see this is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I just have chills in my whole body. Um I'm I'm gonna end this all I'm gonna end this parak with a bracha um that we have the I think it's humility to know that the way that we sometimes see ourselves is not the totality of who we are. Um, it's also courage because the ways that we sometimes see ourselves become our home, like the chaos becomes our home, the darkness becomes our home. But to have that pause of where we just get curious, maybe the Altar is right. You know, maybe what the Altar is teaching us right now, which is that I am actually allowed to take time in my day to literally say no and ignore all of the voices that come up through my trauma that i mean not even that that come up that say that i'm something other than literal divine light and love i'm allowed to say no to those voices why because those voices are not actually who i am who i am is hashem's child who i am is a princess a king a divine being who i am is the literal perfect person in perfect time and perfect place my external life my internal life my choices everything ah ah maybe it's true <laughs> you know maybe it's true um anyways um the noticing that we have two souls and that just because i have a voice that says otherwise it's not because it's true it's because i have a soul inside of me that its entire mission is to bring me closer to my home through telling me to find my home in a million other places, you know? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs>